0: Super Talk Mississippi media production.
1: This is Jack Hoffman. For nearly 31 years, Tico Steakhouse has been a staple for fine dining in Jackson, Mississippi. I would like to invite you to come experience our family tradition of our hospitality, sizzling steaks, and healthy pork beverages.
2: East County Lime Road in Ridgeland,
0: 601-956-1030. It's a great time to live in Mississippi, and we're talking about it. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are working so hard to make Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. From the Citizens Bank Studio, we're so thrilled to be here. We're thrilled to have them as a major sponsor of the show. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm thinking about this time of year. I walked outside this morning. I was just chatting with our next guest just a few minutes ago. It's so cool outside and Got a north breeze, and this—I live on Blexi's Back Bay, as, as most of the listeners know. And when the north wind comes, it pushes the water out. So when I was out, as the sun was coming up this morning, water was beginning to fall. And just before I came on the show, I looked out, and the water was uh, almost gone. So got a good stiff north wind, and that's what happens when that north wind pushes on the uh, Mississippi Sound. It pushes all the water out of the out of uh, Back Bay, but it's still beautiful outside. You see ducks showing up that you didn't see before, and big flight of uh, of Canadian geese went flying by, and a lot of shorebirds that are beginning to sort of gather, but you know, as I said on the show before, you see the changing of the seasons in coastal Mississippi, and it's just a beautiful time of year. People getting their Christmas lights up and got their Christmas trees up, and It's hard to believe that just last week we already celebrated Thanksgiving and it's behind us. And uh, my son Jordan and I, I wish my son Justin could have been with us. He, He works in New York City. In fact, as we speak, he's in India working with a client. He's on the international consulting team for Price Waterhouse. But I wish he was with us. He'll be with us during the Christmas break. But Jordan and I went up to our place in the Mississippi Delta and Justin had such a great time up there with our friends Hunter and uh, Mark Creech and Jake Carter, um, my buddy Jake. Jake's sort of my outdoors son. He's been he's been hunting uh, and fishing with me and my son since he was a teenager, and now I think he's like forty years old and still still like a son. In fact, we got Ann on the call the other day, and he said said to Ann, "Hi, Mom." <laughs> so that's just the way it is. But it's not it a great time of year to enjoy spending time with family and friends. Um, on my outdoor show, I talk a lot about, you know, the family and families that, that enjoy the outdoors together, stays together. That's what this time of year is in Mississippi. What a, what a, what a cool time of the year as we barrel toward the end of 2020, toward the end of 2023. Where did this year go? It's <laughs> where, where did this year go? Wow. It's amazing how quickly it's going by. Hey, one quick uh, quote to share from the history book I get every morning. Uh, Just kind of read through it and look at some of the most significant dates a long time. But Motown uh, Records founder Barry Gordy once said this, The world has to change to fit you. If you stick to your principles, values, and, and morals long enough, it will. I think that's pretty cool. You know, it people have a t- tendency to sort of shift and change with the tide and whatever, but stick to your principles and your values and your morals long enough. The world will sort of change to fit your needs, and I, I, I think that's terrific. Of course, he was super successful and had a long history of um, of success, and, you know, someone like him really knows that well. That That is for sure. Okay, speaking of someone with good principles and values and morals, my next guest is a long time uh, public figure Sean Tindall, the current commissioner for the for the Mississippi Department of Public Safety and a good friend. How you doing Sean? Doing great. How you doing this morning Ricky? I'm doing I'm doing really good. You know one of the one of the cool things about doing this show is the opportunity to to catch up with my guests off the air. You know we had, you and I spent so much time together at the beginning uh, of once we once we connected, I have to I have to often tell Kyle, thank you so much, Kyle, for your for your patience, because there's a lot of catching up going on. But, I've you know, I've been doing this show now for over three years. And uh, while you and I knew each other in, in our prior iterations of our lives, we really didn't know each other. And this show has been a great opportunity for us to gain trust and learn a little bit about each other. And uh, I've enjoyed getting to know you better and, and, and calling you a good friend, Sean. Uh, I hope you feel the same about me.
1: I do. I do. And and I think your daughter's actually teaching my, my son in in his third grade class there in Gulfport. And so, you know, it, it kind of, it's funny how all the dots start connecting after a while.
2: It's a small world. You know, I think you might have mentioned that to me and I forgot about it. I went by to visit. I went by to visit her. Actually, I Actually, brought the class a, a a television set that we had. Ann and I got a, a new TV for our, our bedroom, so it, it caused a, a ripple effect of TVs, and it, we ended up with a TV available. And Ann called Tori and said, you know, do you want a TV for the classroom? She said, sure. So I went down there and brought it. And so when I went into the class, and so your son would have been part of this, uh, Tori says, I want you to meet my dad. Say hello, dad. And they said, hello, dad. <laughs> and uh, she said well, we, we my kids all our kids call him Paw Paw and they said well, hey Paw Paw, of course they are all together so when i got ready to leave you know we i said hello and we chatted for a minute with the class and i got ready to leave and they said bye bye Paw Paw. bye bye Pa <laughs> but uh she, she's she's such a good teacher man she cares so much about her students and it's just her classroom is just beehive of activity uh, have you had the opportunity to visit your son in in, in that classroom
1: I haven't gone into that classroom. Uh, I've gone into other classes down there, and it, you know, it's always funny when you when you talk to a group of third graders because you can go through a whole litany of subjects, and they kind of give you blank stares. And I remember at one time talking about what, what it means to be a judge and what I did on the court of appeals, and just blank stares. and I said, well, <laughs> who likes candy?" And then they you know erupted in a roar <laughs> of, of you know oh my favorite is snickers, my favorite is Reeses, you know and so it, it's always interesting when you're trying to, to motivate third graders and, and so I appreciate our teachers. I mean to think what they do uh, with our students every day shaping those minds, educating them for a brighter future it's a it's a true calling and, and one that I'm thankful. I, I believe in Mississippi we have some of the best.
2: And, you know, as you know from your experience, third grade, third grade, man, that's a magic number. And one of the reasons Mississippi has done so well and really a best practice in America is that we, we decided to say we're going to draw a line. If, if you get past third grade before you can go into fourth, got to be at where you should be from a reading level. And if you're not, you're going to repeat the third, play, third grade, at least that's for for public school. And that's been a great success story. It's really driven – Teachers to be much more aware and much more aggressive in helping kids get to where they need to be. Um, there are a lot of cool stories like that. I, I, weren't you involved in that legislation?
1: I was there. In fact, yeah, I was in the legislature when that when that came through, and, and Senator Hill was a big proponent of that uh, originally, and, and was the first one that brought it to my attention. And and she's a former school teacher, so she had a good understanding of that. And and you know, when everybody started looking at it, and analyzing, you know, it really is um, a good thing. And, and one of the things I've learned doing this job or any job, um, and, and even schools, you have to create some culture of accountability. And, and, and a lot of times we want to have grades and move in and out. Uh, but sometimes you got to you got to draw that line and hold folks accountable to reach those standards. And and it's okay to say you're not where you need to be. We got to keep working on it, uh, but we're not going to just keep moving you on for the sake of moving you on. And and so that's really what the third grade reading gate did. It drew a line in the sand and said this is the standard. Everybody's got to be accountable for it. Teachers, students, parents, um, and, and we've had great success because. Everybody knows this is where the line is, and this is where I got to get in order to achieve the next level I want to be at.
2: Yeah, and it's a uh, it's really, it's really uh, <clears throat> turned out well. What's it? has been about ten years now since that was that legislative legislative piece of uh, action passed, and it's it's proof again that the legislature can really do things that are innovative. I mean, you know, it, I, the legislative process by it is very purpose is a slow process, you know, to keep junk from happening. You know, democracy is hard to watch sometimes, but it is amazing to see when something, such a wonderful piece of legislation like that, that has uh, really improved the reading levels of kids across the state, um, that that kind of keeps keeps. I, I know you're, you're you're not in the legislature anymore, but as a legislator, it really keeps you focused on what's that next piece of legislation that can change Mississippi in a positive way. I know you were focused on that, weren't you?
1: Oh yeah, and look, there there are things that I look back on mm. from my legislative career that I, that I'm super proud of that we were able to get done. While I was there. And, you know, I I think one of those that comes to mind is the creating a DUI fourth, where anybody that gets four DUIs in a lifetime is subject to a felony now. It used to be you had to get three within five years, and that was the only way to get a felony DUI or by causing injury to somebody. Uh, Now we've said that if you get four in a lifetime, you're subject to, um, you know, criminal felony charge that could carry up to 10 years. And, and and I think by doing things like that, you know, again, you kind of draw that line in the sand and let people know, if you're going to keep drinking and driving, we're going to hold you accountable. So you can either drink or you can drive, but you're not going to do both and endanger the people on our roads. And And there are pieces of legislation that come out like that every year that, that move the needle in the right direction. And And, I, and I, what I hope is that we continue to focus on those types of things and, and not... Um, past things that just uh, are great in name only, uh, but that really make an impact.
2: Yeah, I I can't agree more. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of switching gears a little bit. You think about your time as assistant district attorney, and then uh, as a senator and as a judge, and now as the Commissioner of Public Safety. When we get back on the other side, I'm just curious, you know, what's next for you? You know, it's going to be interesting to watch you because you have uh, you've gained so much experience in the public sector, both in, in an elected position and an appointed position. And... Um, You've really prepared yourself well. I'll be interested to see what's next. So I'll, be, I'll be interested in hearing the, the, the answer to that question. When we get back, we'll continue our conversation with Sean Tindall, the Commissioner of Public Safety for Mississippi. We'll see you after this.
0: and love for Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. Uh, we're visiting with my friend, the Commissioner of Public Safety for Mississippi, Sean Tyndall. And I mentioned uh, this wonderful sort of path that Sean has been on that has uh, taken him to elected positions and appointed positions a lot of really good experience. Um, It puts him as a member of what I call the bench. On the Republican side of Mississippi, and we don't talk about politics too often on this show, and this is really not necessarily a political uh, uh, discussion that we're about to have now. I'm just curious about what's next for him. But if you think about the bench, you have Shad White there uh, who is the current auditor. You have Lynn Fitch who's the current attorney general. You have Michael Watson, and you have a couple. You have a private sector name that's been mentioned, and a couple of others that are kind of looming. Uh, there's more than that, but I would say that the bench in Mississippi is strong. Sean Tyndall is a member of that bench that on the conservative, the Republican side of uh, of the up and coming uh, political arena. Um, We've got a lot of really good ones here. In fact, Frank Bordeaux said to me uh, not long ago that he doesn't look forward to the next round of uh, of elections because some really good people are going to be running against each other. But Sean, what what you know when you think about your future, what 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 do you envision?
1: You know, uh, for, for me, um, and, and I've always been driven just to try to do a good job where I am, and, and I think the future will take care of it itself and you know quite frankly I mean we're looking at maybe some statewide um, opportunities to run in, in a few years but you know I think a lot of it depends on where folks are going and and who's running for different positions and, and what's available so um, you know the reality is I want to continue to serve uh, but I also want to spend time with my family and, and that's important and trying to find those those life balances where you know I'm making little league games and 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 making high school games and, and watching my kids go off to college is, is important. And, and the Mississippi Gulf Coast is important to me. Um, yeah. I, that's home. Uh, that's where my mom is. That's where my family is. Um, and look, this state's important to me. So as long as I, I can continue to serve and, and do a good job, um, I, I want to be in a position to to continue to help and, and serve the people of the state of Mississippi. And, um, and I think there'll be some opportunities, and we'll, we'll start really analyzing those as we head into the next uh, four years.
2: So you think about this gig that you're in now, uh, I can't think of a better position to be in to not only make an impact because you have so much to say grace over, but uh, this this opportunity to really kind of travel the state, see what's going on around the state, just to get to know people from all over the state. I mean, you've certainly had that opportunity before, but never like now. I mean, right now. Man, you are tightly integrated into just about every every uh, jurisdiction of Mississippi, and what you've learned has to be phenomenally important to you.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And and, and look, I think about this job and what all it entails, and I, and I can say that the the positions that I had before an assistant DA, judge, senator. Um, All of those things prepared me to do this job. And without that foundation, I don't know that I would have been able to accomplish the things we've accomplished here. And I hope that this job will continue to build a foundation for whatever's coming next. And and particularly if you look at at, at statewide elected positions, having a network of of support uh, of friends across the state... uh, I think is very important, um, but also just coming to love the state even more. You know, I think we all get very regionalized about where we grew up, uh, but when you start spending time in the Delta, you start spending time in Northeast Mississippi, you start spending time in Central Mississippi, you just realize how how great the people are all over the state, how the different parts of the state have so much to offer, and and how as together, if if we're working together as a state, we can thrive and and, and reach levels that really uh, we haven't reached before. So. Hopefully, we'll be in a position to do that. I think about DPS um, and, and public safety in general, the opportunity to work with sheriffs, police chiefs, coroners, um, just DAs, just a whole segment of public safety officials across the state, and, and be able to make an impact in people's lives. Whether you know they, they've been a victim of a crime, um, whether you know it's they've, they've got a student, a child that, that's driving on their way to Mississippi State or Ole Miss, and they and break down and they need assistance, uh, being able to help. Uh, there's just so many facets of life. People getting their first driver's license at a driver's service station that we're able to be involved in and help. And, and, and it, it is a, a blessing, uh, as you say, to say grace over, over such a wonderful organization and work with many officials from across the state that are also passionate about public safety and, and making lives better in our state.
2: So, you, so uh, non-divisions. <clears throat> Mississippi Highway Patrol, Mississippi Bureau of Narcotics, Driver's License Services, Homeland Security, Public Safety and Planning, Mississippi Law Enforcement Officer Training Academy, Mississippi Crime Lab, Me- Mis- the uh, Medical Examiner's Office, and Crime Stoppers.
1: And that's an old list because then they added two more a couple of years ago with the MDOT Uh, law enforcement transferred over to our agency, which is now the Commercial Transportation Enforcement Division, as well as Capitol Police. So uh, when you add those, that's 11 different divisions and uh, quite an organization.
2: The Capitol Police, man, I've I've been reading news. They've been active. Uh, That legislation, you didn't let any grass grow getting things moving there, did you?
1: We didn't, and look. I, th- I think the the crime problem in the city of Jackson was well documented. The homicide rates, where they were, um, and, and really the city of Jackson, the capital city, needed needed help. And and you know what we did, we took an approach that we were going to take the politics out of public safety. Uh, we weren't going to criticize the city or city leaders or or the the, the administration at JPD, but we were going to work hand in hand with them, trying to make uh, the capital city and Hines County safer. And and, and It took a little time, but we started seeing some really great results with that. And look, I've got to brag on all the employees at DPS. Um, There's been a lot of changes here since I've been here. There's no doubt about that. There's been um, new agencies that have come in, other agencies that have been separated out from traditional partners. Everybody here has worked tirelessly to keep the one goal in mind, which is public safety. And I'm proud of every employee that we have. I'm proud of the work that we're doing. Uh, there are things that we got to improve. Uh, I know that, um, and we're working on that too. But, but all in all, um, it's been a transformational four years, and I'm looking forward to the next four years as we continue down that path. But I got to give the credit for all the success we have to to the men and women that that run this agency, and that's from the ground level up. I, I'm just here as a leader trying to set a vision. Uh, but but it's the men and women at all of those divisions that you just mentioned uh, that sacrifice their lives each and every day to make Mississippi safer that, that have gotten us where we are.
2: And listen, I have uh, Johnny Polis coming on to talk about the uh, DPS wellness program and it's, it's a wellness and resiliency program to be specific. But you know, dealing with work-life balance and all of the issues that, that your employees deal with. And I'm looking forward to having a conversation with him. But you guys are really focused on – on you know, it, the, the person, not just the officer or the employee. You're you're, you're really focused on trying to f- find a way for people to have find happiness in their lives and happiness at work. That's really important to you, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, and and you know I feel like when our employees know that the leaders are passionate. About them individually and in their successes, um, that 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 that's probably the greatest motivator in the world uh, to to having a healthy organization. And, and so, someone like Major Polis is coming in and talking about mental wellness and, and fitness, not just from the physical standpoint, but the mental health standpoint. Uh, that sets the tone to create a better, better environment for all our employees. And it's something that he started off with Highway Patrol, but we are slowly expanding that to our other divisions, too, uh, because it's important across the board. And, and what I want is to set up an organization where you can find as much success uh, that you want out of it. Some people are very happy um being a certain level of employee that they, they don't want to supervise, they don't want to work their way up into leadership, but they want to they want to make an impact in public safety. I want a great environment for them with good salaries and good benefits, but I also want to create an environment that if you want to move up and you want to become a leader and you want to explore what it means to be a supervisor and, and, and kind of lead the charge to give you the tools to be successful. And in order to do that, we even, for the first time, we had a, a leadership meeting of our executive officers and we encourage them to go out into their respective divisions and do the same thing with their leaders so that we can create an environment where we're not just throwing people into being a manager, but we're training you on how to lead. And that's going to serve you not just when you're with you, well, if you're dealing with your schools, your churches, your community, coaching your little league teams, uh, all those things are going to make you a better citizen. and, and really make you happier and and do a better job for us but do a better job for our state too.
2: Sean, you know one of the things that's interesting to me is that running a you know if you're you're leading as you're the, you're the CEO of public safety for for Mississippi for 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 these divisions that we just talked about. You're the CEO. So running this this these things that you're responsible for is very similar to running a company. So if you run a company you got to be focused on the bottom line. That is for sure. But if you can't deliver customer service, you can't deliver the services that you provide. If you have employees that are sort of not happy about what they're doing or kind of out of kilters. so you, so you got to be focused on morale. You got to be focused on listening to them and letting them have input and all the things that are involved in that. It takes a lot of work to do this well, especially if you think about crime and crime prevention and the work that you guys are doing. Um, it amazes me in other states, they struggle so much with this. You know, they've just kind of let their foot off the gas and, man, it's gotten bad. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, how, why Mississippi is different when it comes to this conversation. When we continue our conversation with the uh, Commissioner for Public Safety in Mississippi, Sean Tender, we'll see you after this break.
0: Why we all love living in Mississippi. It's the Ricky Matthews show on super talk. One Oh three point one.
1: Back to
2: the Matthews show. I have my friend, Sean Tindall, the commissioner of public safety in Mississippi. And, you know, you get this sense as, as uh, Sean is talking to us, that it is like running a business. You got to pay attention to all the details. I mean, for a successful business to to be run, you got to, you got to pay attention to the details. Um, you know, an example of that actually, and we're going to, what we're going to do in just a second is we're going to contrast the efforts that are underway here and why there seems to be so much trouble in other other jurisdictions around the United States around. Public safety. I I don't get it. I mean, we just need good leadership in place, and we need to focus on preventing crime, and the world would be a safer place. But a good example of this is, and you wouldn't, you know, we we could talk about highway patrol and Bureau of Narcotics, all these others. But the changes you've made in driver's license services is important because it not only affected the customers who are coming in there to get their driver's license and other services, but it affects the employees as well in a positive way. So talk a little bit about that.
1: Well, you know, we talk a lot about morale. And, and one of the big questions that I get a lot is, is how how did you improve the customer service that we see at, at our driver service stations? Now, everybody's so friendly. And I said, well, you know, one of the things we did is we got rid of the angry customers. Um, you know, when we shortened our wait times from being over three hours, so now in less than 10 minutes, if you have an appointment, people are coming in, they're getting out, they get what they wanted, they're happy, they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, thank you for doing this. But that also creates an environment where our employees can relax and, and they don't have people yelling at them all day. And so they're actually doing a better job putting a smile on their face dealing with the customers better and so you know trying to translate that into our other divisions it's also making sure whether it's highway patrol or Bureau of narcotics or NBI that the people that we serve are happy with the job that we're doing and it allows our officers to do a better job and and so it it really is is a a circular thing there's not one thing without the other, that they all have to be in motion together. And that's that's a challenge. But, but I think from the leadership standpoint, it starts with being willing to listen, be innovative, uh, listen to the folks that are on the ground, and make changes that help them help the customers. And, and so we've tried to make sure that I'm out in the districts. I've done tours through North Mississippi. I've done ride-alongs with troopers. I've met with uh, people that work in the crime lab in different parts of the state and driver service stations, trying to hear what's going on on their level to A, let them know our care, but B, then to come back to headquarters and let's try to implement some changes that they see. Not only did we ride along with them or sit down with them and break bread, but we, we really listen to what they had to say and then make changes. And then you start getting the buy-in. And, and I think that that's where you can change the culture of an organization. And, and again, hopefully we're getting there. Hopefully that's improving. It has its challenges. It's it's a large organization spread out across the whole state. But, but, but I truly care about every person that works at this agency and trying to improve their lives.
2: You think about, you know, to correspond with all of that attention to detail that you're just talking about around employee morale, etc. Then you think about that just about every person who works for you has got to Almost be a lawyer to do their job because there's been so many changes and they got to be careful in so many different ways and the law enforcement training academy has changed dramatically over the years and man it's just a ever ever changing situation and I think too about this that when I'm out on when I, I spend a lot of time at the Delta this time of year so I'm on the road a lot people tend to drive faster today I, it just and here's the other thing when I when I sit in my truck. And I do the speed limit. I watch people passing me. And I'm not kidding you, Sean, when I say what I'm about to say. 50 percent, over 50 percent of the people who pass me, I'm doing 60, 65, whatever the speed limit is. um, And they're passing me going quite a bit faster than I'm going. They have have a, a digital device in their hand looking partly at the road and partly at a phone. Man, this distracted driving thing is a really big deal, isn't it?
1: It is. It is, and and look, uh, we we got to do a better job of um, teaching road safety. Um, I think the legislature needs to take a hard look of. of, And one of our legislative requests this year is looking at our texting and driving statutes and putting a little more uh, teeth behind them and a little bit more enforceability uh, capabilities for law enforcement. As it stands now, it's just a civil fine. It's not a. It's not a criminal fine. Um, and then it's also how do you establish that they were texting and driving. And some states have zero tolerance. I mean, you cannot hold a phone while you're driving. I don't, I don't know that Mississippi will get to that point. Maybe they should. Maybe they will. It'll, it'll be a conversation that comes up this year. Uh, but another aspect that I think we have to get to um, and, and we spent a lot of time working on school safety and different programs to improve school safety. The reality is we lose far more teenagers to fatal accidents in this state every year than we do to uh, shootings on school campuses um, and we need to start putting more effort behind bringing back mandatory driver's education programs into our schools so that we can re- emphasize and reemphasize the dangers of distracted driving, uh, drunk driving, um, the rules of the road, um, driving safety, and, and all those aspects. So we're, we're asking for legislation this year to bring back mandatory driver's education programs. And, and again, that's an area where Mississippi is on the bottom of the list. Um, and and we we usually are in the top in teenage fatalities in our state, and we need to get off that. Uh, and, and just like we did with the Reading Gate, set some standards that, that improve our stats in
2: Mississippi. And one of the reasons why, it's not that the trends are different in Mississippi than they are in other states is that fifty one percent of Mississippians live in rural areas. So they're gonna be on two lane highways and, you know, country roads and you better pay attention. You know, I mean just one lapse listen, when I'm when I'm in the Delta and I drive I can't tell you how often i I I'm driving all over the place between Chula and Minner City and our our camp in Itabina. And Every time I pass someone coming toward me, I, I'm I'm assuming they're going to hit me head on. I mean that's just the way I think. I'm ready to to act if I have to. It could be a drunk driver. It could be a distracted driver, but that's part of, that's part of the contributing factor. And you know we have to deal with that reality. It seems to me that would be a no-brainer legislation.
1: I, I think it will be. Now you know the devil's... the the the. Yeah, you got to get down to the details. It yeah, levels the details, and and one of the big questions when I do talk to the education community about is how do we pay for it? How do we pay for all these schools having drivers education teachers as well as the equipment? Uh, um, how do we make sure that every student is signed up to do it? Because right now it's a, a lot of the schools that do it, you don't have to take it as a voluntary course. So if you start making every kid in the state, take it, that there's that, going to be more resources that have to be dedicated towards our public schools, but I would say it's worth it. And, yeah. and you know, I, I think it's something that we, we can't just sit here and not do anything. We've got to figure out a solution and move forward with it.
2: You know, if I were in your position, um, Gosh, man, you have so much to think about. But you think about how global and national issues affect us here in Mississippi. You know, for for example, as it relates to homeland security, you know, with, the, with the situation in Gaza and Israel ongoing, um, I'm sure that that's on your radar screen about how to keep Mississippians safe. And then you add to that, and again, this is not a political statement. It's just the reality of what's happening. You've got a border that is so porous right now and our southern border. we We know who they're catching. We don't know who they're not catching. And you already have the fentanyl issue and the drug issue that we're facing every single day. Too many Mississippians are dying. There's a lot to think about, isn't there?
1: There is. In fact, you know, you and I both have a friend from the coast that I talked to yesterday whose granddaughter uh, passed away due to a fentanyl overdose. And uh, we're trying to set up a meeting with the family and, and Homeland Security and Bureau of Narcotics to talk about some of the information they've gotten on how their daughter came into possession of, of, of the fentanyl that cost her, you know, their life, her life. And so, you know, it, it, it is something that, that certainly keeps us awake at night. Um, we, we, again, have a great team um, that uh, works tirelessly on trying to make sure we stay on top of that issue that we're protected. And, and the reality is we can do everything we're supposed to, but, the, you know, the other side's trying to, to find holes in that. And, and um, you know, we just got to stay vigilant and, and what nobody else is thinking about when it comes to protecting our state, particularly when you look at what could come across the border uh, as a result of these worldwide events that, that are easy to say, oh, well, that's happening half a world away, but then it could land at your doorstep. And all you have to do is look at 9-11 um, and, and what happened there. And we just have to do everything we can to make sure that doesn't happen again.
2: Listen, uh, boy, there's a lot in that statement, but the, but the recent um, unfortunate death of this young person it just, I, I just, you know, we won't mention the names, obviously, um, but when the family's ready, maybe we can talk more about it. But the the reality of when I look at her picture, and God, she's so beautiful, and to think that in, just a, in a, just a moment, a mistake is made. But then you think about, when you think about illicit drugs just in general, you know, the fact that people are willing to trust somebody else to take whatever it is they're taking, my goodness, you think that the people who are making those drugs care uh, whether that person who takes it is going to be safe taking it or not? I mean, it just makes me sick at my stomach.
1: Not at all. Not at all. And and that's why I'm really glad that the legislature increased some of the penalties for those that uh, you know sell drugs, and it results in the death of somebody. Um, yeah. Now can face you know much stiffer, and I believe manslaughter or murder, second degree murder charges. So I yeah. think it's. Those are important pieces of legislation as we try to curtail some of those.
2: So is this final segment, Kyle? Yeah. One more to go. So we're, listen, when we come back on the other side, we'll talk a little bit more about the uh, the challenges uh, of being a uh, public safety commission with Sean Tender when we get back. We'll see you after this. Mm-hmm.
0: to more of the Ricky Matthews show on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews show. I have my friend, the Commissioner of Public Safety from Mississippi, Sean Tyndall. He's from the coast, incidentally. And, uh, Loves it here, but has learned a lot about this great state. He drives a lot, a lot of driving at nighttime, for a matter of fact. And by the way, Kyle uh, Curley, producer of this show, has a really, really, really important question to ask you, Sean.
0: I don't want to be super dramatic, but can we put stiffer penalties in place for those that tend to drive around with their
1: high beams on all of the time? (laughs) <laughs>
2: that, that's a great question. <laughs> look,
1: I, I, I look, I, I'm all for it, but I, but I can tell you, part of the challenge now is it's hard to figure out uh, when somebody's shining their bright beams or their their dims because it, it these LED lights make make it almost as difficult to tell, um, you know, if it's bright or dull. Like it is Just trying to figure out. Oh, Alright, I can only hope. so it's you know it, it, it's kind of hard to. Figure out uh, just how powerful the the beams are these days.
2: Yeah, they are really bright. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so everyone who's driving has had the experience of going down the road and assuming who is coming towards you uh, has the bright beams on, but then they show you what the actual bright beams look like, and they completely blind you. And and Kyle, you made the point during the break about jacked up trucks. You know that that also contributes.
0: Yeah, that contributes too. And I've gotten really good at learning. Which, whether it's the low beams or the bright beams, because you can tell by the displacement of where the light source is, at least in my case, for the most part. Maybe that's going back from back in the high school days when you always learn to figure out what the headlights look like on patrol cars as they're coming (laughs) for you. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, look. You're, you're not going to mistake those anymore because those LED lights on those on, on the patrol cars are also pretty bright. I mean, I, I find myself when, when I go past them having to look the other direction because if you stare into the light, it, it kind of it, – it'll blind you for a moment. So um, it, it's certainly something that I think, again, we need to look at. Mm. Uh, enforceability <laughs> becomes the issue, kind of like the Texan driving. How, how do you enforce it? Uh, and and I think it just comes down to a judgment call. And I know they do write tickets uh, for failure to dim uh, the lights. And and we're looking at some legislation that will give a little bit more authority, like on this Carolina squat, where where these trucks are so jacked up that they can't even drive without a camera uh, on the, on the front of their vehicle. Uh, just I mean that, that's just really dangerous and, and defies yeah. common sense. So we need to we need to take a look at, at some of that and, and see what we can do to make sure our roads are safer.
2: So, so hey, Sean, let's let's shift gears real quick. Coming back to fentanyl and drugs in general, but when you when you take from your position and focus into the Mississippi Bureau of Narcotics, it's got to be frightening to see what you see.
1: Oh, well, I, look, I, I can tell you that coming in in 2020 and then coming out of COVID, and it just wasn't here. I mean, it was across the nation. We were seeing record numbers of overdose deaths um, related to fentanyl and other controlled substance. So since then, we, we have seen the tide start to turn and, and those numbers uh, go down as we do more to educate. NBN does a great job uh, of getting into our schools and educating these kids about the dangers of taking illicit drugs or taking drugs that they believe to be pharmaceutical grade, but they don't know where they came from because a lot of times those are made in some clean- Destined, labbed, and laced with fentanyl to, to make them more powerful. So, uh, we've really tried to educate the young people, and, and again, hopefully, that's that's making an impact, and, and they're not going down uh, that road. And, and to be honest, I, I remember in, in sixth and seventh grade getting getting hard lessons, law enforcement coming in, and we can't be afraid to scare seventh graders when it comes to this kind of stuff and that, that'll have an impact when they get to high school and, and hopefully they won't go down those paths. But NBN does a great job of that, working with Homeland Security, working with local departments on trying to get these drugs off the street. And, and just recently down on the coast, there was a major bust where we, we, we got a, a, enough fentanyl that could have killed a whole town uh, off the streets. And, and you know that was working with local departments down there to, to, to do that. And, and each of those steps make our state safer.
2: Hey, listen. Uh, and now we have marijuana dispensaries popping up all over the state, uh, and they say that uh, the the pot that's out there today is so much stronger than it used to be. Uh, that's that's not good from from a at least driving and being high point of view. I mean that they're just we keep introducing these new challenges to to uh, the Department of Public Safety
1: and and that's a challenge and, and and you know one of the things that is interesting now uh, you know a 19 year old can can Uh, get a prescription for marijuana and have access to marijuana and they still can't have a beer. So, I mean, it it is an interesting dichotomy we're in at this point. Um, And especially when you look at the way some of the uh, marijuana is packaged and marketed, we wouldn't let cigarette companies make it look like candy. And and yet, uh, you you see this marijuana that comes in, in you know, to made made to look just like candy, gummy bears, and other things uh, that that any kid would pick up. And like I, I'm, I'm not here to the skies falling, Chicken Little uh, scenario. But, but I do think we need to keep a close eye on it and make sure that it's our young people aren't getting their hands on it and that it's truly being used for medical purposes, not just a recreational.
2: That is for sure. So much to think about. Uh, my goodness. Um, I don't envy the work that you're doing, but I'm, I'm proud of the work that you're doing and the team that you have around you. I know that that's really important to you, your your leadership team, and having the best you can get in those positions, and they can then lead their divisions appropriately. I'll, I'll look forward to catching with, up with you uh, after, the, after the beginning of the new year. It's amazing. 2024 is already here, but... But between now and the next time we talk, I hope you have a great holiday, buddy, and uh, keep stay, stay focused for us.
1: Absolutely. You too. And have a Merry Christmas. Everybody stay safe. And and again, to the employees of the Department of Public Safety, appreciate everything you do each and every day making this agency great.
2: Thank you. This has been Commissioner uh, Sean Tindall from the Department of Public Safety. Have a great day, and we will see you tomorrow.